Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to episode 68 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. And that part of your inner geek has to wait for one more episode. <laughs> Anticipation. It's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah. But of course, if you like total up everything we've done, it's, I don't it's know. Triple it's, digits. Yeah, I don't Definitely. know where we're at anymore. I, I didn't pull that number because uh, research and planning. Not a strong suit this evening. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of, uh, I don't have a lot for our general stuff. Uh, again, I'd like to tell people that we do broadcast on Mixler, so you can hear me not have much to say over there. If you're hearing <laughs> this at approximately 619 Central Time on Tuesday, <laughs> then you know that. Yes, or you would. <laughs> so, yes, you can join us over on Mixler. And again, we have a link to that on our website. And, um, I believe it's like mix. You can search all us geeks, I think on Mixler. And if you actually uh, sign up and follow us on Mixler, then you will get notified whenever we go live, which is generally every other Tuesday around 6 p.m. Central time. You can listen to us do the podcasts live. We'll do it live. And you can interact with uh, other people that kind of join in the chat. And then we can all try to figure out who the X plus number of people I get on stats afterwards are that just go to the website and listen from there and don't don't interact on the chat site. <laughs> well, we know it's not Mike. He doesn't have time for us anymore. <laughs> or anything, apparently. <laughs> oh, I have a life. <laughs> and, of course, uh, we also have our Patreon site, which we greatly appreciate everybody that supports us over on Patreon. And you'll be hearing a few of our Patreon supporters uh, through each category that we go through, each segment. Uh, but if you would be interested in supporting us, you can go over to patreon.com slash allusgeeks as well. And that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And that is greatly appreciated. Did you see they, you know, they did that experiment where they. With your actual totals. Yeah, with your yeah quote unquote actual totals. Yeah. And then they flipped it back and then they decided to make it permanent. So we were in the testing segment and then they flipped it back to what it was. And then now they flipped it back again and decided that they are going to show those totals. And that's that's. Ours is still a little high. <laughs> Not by much, I think. It's like 10, 10, 15 bucks more than we tend to get on a month, but it's a lot closer. <laughs> Game review. Nah. Yeah. Sponsored by Doug Lewandowski, one of our Patreon supporters. So thank you very much, Doug, for supporting us over on Patreon. And allowing us to talk about games such as Conquest of the Stars. 
He can't stop us from talking about it. There's no allowing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I've met Doug. But he's not in this room. <laughs> you don't know. I've met Doug. <laughs> Conquest of the Stars is from JTP Games. This is, uh, I believe, available on the, on the Game Crafter and somebody I met at CrafterCon. So I got this game at CrafterCon. I met Troy there. Um, so it was good meeting you there, Troy, and having a conversation with you. So we're going to take a look at Troy's game, Conquest of the Stars. And in Conquest of the Stars, you're a fleet commander of a deep space military exploration uh, fleet. And you're sent out to basically find and conquer worlds for your government and take them away from your the other players' governments. Make sure they don't get them. Uh, so this is a two to four player battle, you know, space battle card game, basically. Space exploration battle card game. Plays in eh, 15 to 30 mm-hmm. is a pretty good estimate, I would say. It's definitely Based not. Based on the a, box, yeah. Does it actually say? <laughs> it says under 30, less than 30. <laughs> I was putting a tighter range on it. <laughs> so uh, it is a very quick, uh, definitely a filler game. There's two decks. You have the, uh, I forget what the deck is called that we draw out of. Explorer and, I don't know. I am fleet. Fleet, that's the yes. fleet. The fleet is the, the deck, the main draw deck. And then the Explorer deck, which is a smaller deck, it's just where the planets are. So you're going to shuffle up the fleet deck. You're going to shuffle up the explorer deck. And then each player is going to start with eight cards in their hand. And then to play the game is basically on your turn, you will draw three cards. And then you will flip a face-up explorer card on your turn. That's the planet that's you know up for conquering at that moment. And that planet will have a certain amount of uh, victory points. I don't know if that, I can't remember if that's what he called it, but basically victory points, uh, that you can get. And the first person to get to 20 victory points wins, unless you go through like the entire deck. And then it's just whoever has the most points. If everybody, uh, if all the exploration plans have been gone through. So that card gets flipped. And then starting with whoever's turn it is, they play out. Yes. You have to choose first player in a civilized manner. Yes. You have to choose first player in a civilized manner, which we were unable to do <laughs> ever. <laughs> that's a horrible rule for this, this game. It's a horrible rule for this, <laughs> this room. So then the first, uh, whoever's turn it is will play a ship along with any upgrades that they want to, that they can and want to play on that ship. Cause every ship has like a combat value and pretty, and like the number of upgrades it's allowed to have on it. So you play one ship at a time plus any upgrades. You can't add upgrades to a ship later. So when you play it, you have to play whatever upgrades you want to put on it. And those upgrades are basically going to get you to whatever your combat total is uh, at the moment. So that's what you're kind of going in for that planet for. So then every other player gets a chance to try to do the same. And so if Jordan lays down and has like a seven for combat, I have to come and be able to put down cards to get to eight or more. Um, so I have to beat him in order to lay my cards down. And the... The thing is, like, you can only lay down one ship at a time. So it's not like I can go, well, I've got two ships in my hand. I'll load them both up with extras and stuff like that. I have to be able to get the one ship. Um, now there's a kid, there's like an escort ship that can kind of accompany one. Um, that's the only exception to that, but I have to lay down one ship plus the upgrades for it to be able to beat what Jordan laid down. And then going around the table, everybody else has to do the same. Uh, there are some cards that you can play in here that are kind of like event style cards that, you know, you, you can do things like get rid of a piece of equipment off of Jordan's ship. So if I do that and then suddenly he drops down to now he's five, 
then when I play my cards, I can play six or better, that kind of thing. So I do that, go all the way around the table. If it comes back to Jordan, whatever it is, so let's say I did play the eight, let's say I went to eight. Now Jordan get, can play another ship plus upgrades for that ship, but he has to come at nine or better. And you keep going until you either don't want, somebody doesn't want to play cards or you can't play cards. And then whoever has the highest combat total takes that planet and gets the points for that planet. And then you just can kind of rinse and repeat that until somebody gets to 20. You always draw three cards. So you start with eight and then draw that three. So you start with 11. That starts to dwindle down kind of quick. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not like you ever you don't draw back up to eight. You just get those three cards at the beginning of your turn every round. Some of those bigger punching ships have three upgrades. So yep. you can really drain your hand quickly. Yep. And if you decide to fight over a, <laughs> fight over a planet, then that'll really drain your, yes. your hand quick. So then going into, like, especially if you're doing it off turn, because you know you're going to get to draw three cards, but coming back, if you draw three cards and you don't have a ship out of that draw, whatever planet comes up, you can't get. Oh, that's one thing we should say, too. If for some reason it ends in a draw or nobody can play a ship, the planet just stays in the discard pile. Nobody gets it and you kind of move on. So it's not like it, not like every planet necessarily will get claimed. So that's where, when we talked about earlier, like if, if, you go through the entire deck. You don't reshuffle it. It's basically a timer. Mm-hmm. So once you get to the end of that, if nobody's got 20, then whoever's the closest to 20 wins. And like I said, that's pretty much the, the game. It's uh, rinse and repeat that that process uh, every turn until somebody gets to 20. So with that, uh, let's talk components. This is completely a card game. I was about to say primarily, but no, it's completely a card game, unless you count the rule book as a separate component. It's primarily a card game in that it comes in a box. box. Yes, it has a box and a rule book, so it's not all but cards. But neither of those actually impact play. <laughs> so, yeah, again, I, it's uh, produced from the Game Crafter. This was produced pre what the Game Crafter has going on right now. So it is the Black Core card, so they're good, solid cards. But it doesn't have like the optional UV coating and stuff right now that is available at the Game Crafter since that just recently released. That said, I mean, they're, they're good cards. The Game Crafters always produce pretty decent cards. And now that they've gone to black core, they're even more hefty, more hurt and more sturdy, easy to shuffle, that kind of thing, easy to handle. And then again, like I said, just recently they started the UV coating, which adds one more layer of, of heft and protection. So. Uh, it has the potential if, if, uh, Troy decides to add the UV coating to be even more solid, I guess. You can play this game outside without <laughs> fear of a sunburn on the cards, at least. Yeah. So I, I mean, what, what did you think? Well, as you say, it's, it's a card game and the cards are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's solid. They hold up well. We did a lot of shuffling and there was no immediate chipping. Sometimes you get a card straight out of a, straight out of the wrap and immediately upon first shuffle, there's chipping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate those. It's never a good, it's never a good day. <laughs> and the artwork on the cards is, is, is nice. I like it. It's, it's simple, but, uh, it's, um, there, it reminds me of Tau from Warhammer 40k. All the, all the ship, ships and, and stuff like that. Uh, it, it, it's simple and it's, but, but it's good. Yeah. I agree. And I, I forgot to mention the art, but yeah, it's the, the artwork, the layout of the card is clean. Um, it's pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty simple. It's pretty clean. And the artwork is, is nice. It's, it, it fits what you're looking for. The planets look really nice and all that kind of stuff. So definitely, I agree. Mechanics. What did you think of the mechanics? Well, at its core, it is 
just a modified bidding game. Mm-hmm. And I like bidding games. So I like this. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, you play a ship unless you have an exception. You load up your ship to the max that you can, if you can. And then everybody takes their turn doing that, trying to beat your number. Uh, it just goes around a circle and it's the highest number wins. That's just, it's the highest bid at the end of the round and, or when the round ends. It's very simple. The mechanics work well. Uh, everything is laid out visually. There's a bit of redundancy on the ship cards. It gives you star, um, circles for the number of upgrades, but then it also tells you on the ships, or I should say on the upgrades, uh, you can only, each ship can only have one of these. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that stuff, they, I think they could have made unique, just some indicator that there's a u- uniqueness in there and then given us more for the cards, full sleeve art or fluff. If he wants to invest in a second dad, make a little fluff for the universe or something. It's just so the cards are nice and the mechanics work well, but it's just, even though everything is simple and that doesn't take away from the gameplay, it's it's just a little bit of visual redundancy. Right. And I guess uh, I'd almost want to ask Troy, like what his intent was when building this. If he was intending it for like family and, and kids and stuff like that, I understand the redundancy maybe. But yeah, I mean, you're right. So mechanics, I agree with Jordan. I mean, again, it's, it's got a, a little bit of take that, not a ton, uh, but it is a modified bidding system, just kind of putting it into, you know, your fleet's firepower, if you will. So that's pretty cool. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty, pretty simplistic. It definitely works for this game uh, and puts it in a, in a nice filler category, but kind of, like you said, kind of switching back to almost like the component side of things as well. You know, that was one of the things for me too, was the redundancy on, you know, it's in the rules that you have to play as you play the ship. You have the symbols for how many upgrades you can have on a ship, but then to put underneath the ship, you only play three and you got to play them as you play this card. I mean, that, that was more redundancy than I needed. And that took up a lot of space where I would have, like you said, kind of made it's just the artwork, you know, increase the artwork. Uh, I always love when we get more, uh, uh, more of the artwork or even like you said, maybe some fluff at the, at the bottom. And you could actually both, uh, there's enough room taken up with that, that redundant wording that you could really do both. You could increase the artwork and get some decent flavor text out of it if you wanted to. Yep. That's a minor thing, but it is something that we definitely, took into consideration when we were and and pointed out while we were playing it same goes with the upgrades like you said i mean it almost every well every one of them says this is you know you can only have one well again that's a sentence you can move into the rules uh, because almost everything else that you put on the cards is 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 also in the rules (laughs) and not necessarily need there and that's where one of the things and again depending on what he was looking for in designing it, but while we were playing it, if you remember, I kind of said one of the things I would have liked to seen is maybe the upgrades have some of that kind of event style stuff with them, or I would have maybe liked to have seen a few more of the event cards in the deck, but these things I'm talking about are really minor. Um, yes. It did not take away from any of my enjoyment of the game. They're tweaks to make an enjoyable game better. Right. All right. So rules. Uh, we've got a small booklet it goes to about 15 pages and I, it's laid out pretty good. I don't think we really had any uh, issues that we needed to really kind of look up in the rule book. Well, tactics. The, there tactics. Was one that's right. right. That's out of right. The box about what, whether tactics were just a universal interrupter, which is the event cards that yeah. I've been calling that they're called tactics. That's right. Uh, yeah, that, that was the one thing 
There needs to be the the only mention of the tactics was for a specific example. Yes, one example of play mentions playing a tactic, but then nowhere else in the book does it address tactics and their purpose. right. Well, it was it was the only mention of it was you can only play two ships if yeah an escort or the tactics card that allows you, and that was the first and only mention of the tactic card tactics cards. So one of the things we didn't know, I mean, we assumed and, you know, kind of an educated assumption on, off of every other game we've ever played, plus some of the wording, that you could play tactics cards at any time. But that should there should be a line in the rule book for that, for sure, to tell you. Um, and in, in fact, or uh, on the cards, since right. they like putting a lot of stuff. Yeah, on or on the card <laughs> uh, or or again, you know, we're looking we, we get there's not even an image of a tactics card. And what, you know, what it is where we all, we do get to see what ships look like and upgrades look like and, and certain, and certain planets and stuff like that. So even that piece was kind of missing from the rule book a little bit. Again, not a huge showstopper if you played a bunch of games, but that is definitely one of those things that needs a line. And, and really it's, it's, it is that simple. It's, it's a line in the rule book when you're talking about your uh, steps of play. <laughs> tactics can be played at any time yeah. or tactics can be played off turn or something. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was that you're right. That was the only thing we really had. Everything else was pretty clear. Um, there was some, I can't remember what it was you asked me and I'm like, I'm not sure. Oh, well, you're right. If word for word, what you were asking and, and how it works out. So everything is pretty well laid out, even without having, again, the tactics card, there are nice, examples of all the other types of cards and what they are and and all that stuff so it's a solid rule book other than that one little caveat we said mm-hmm. all right so teachability 15 pages in a normal rule book would seem like a lot but we keep in mind this is in a, one of the smaller game crafter boxes so 15 pages isn't really a lot in a bigger box this would have been a much smaller book mm-hmm. so there's not as much there as it sounds at 15 pages and you taught it very well well thank you <laughs> there's, there's, it's a simple rule set. We both had familiarity with bidding and we both had familiarity with these type of card games. So it was an easy pickup. But I think even if it was a new gamer or somebody that isn't, you know, keen on card games, I would still be an easy pickup because there is very, uh, very, con- it's a very concise rule book. You do this, rinse and repeat. Yeah. And there's, I mean, again, I, I always, hesitate when i use that that rinse and repeat thing but that's not a bad thing <laughs> especially in most games i mean i don't think there's a problem with having a set process that you can know easily so that on subsequent turns you you pretty you know hey we did it once now we, we know can do it. yeah <laughs> instead of like wait a minute get out the flow chart <laughs> now if i play an this FFG game. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> So I always hesitate when I say, I say it, but I never mean it derogatory unless I follow it up with, and here's why that's a bad thing. <laughs> so yeah, the, and that really helps with the teachability, right? Cause again, you, we've got what, like three, four things that you're kind of doing and that's it every turn. Mm-hmm. You, I, I mean, you know, a tactics, tactics card might change a little bit something here, but that's an exception that's read on the, on the card. No big deal. Everything else is the bidding and, and the upgrades and all that stuff. So it's uh, very straightforward. So it is very easy to teach. And again, the, the, the way the card, the cards are laid out very nicely. They're very crisp, clean. They're easy to read. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the wording is mostly redundant <laughs> on most of the cards, 
But, you know, you know your combat score. You know this is a ship. You know this is an upgrade. That was one of the things I'd be like, does a captain count as an upgrade? Well, yeah, it does because it's upgrade, you know, crew upgrade or something like that, captain, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So it, it, it's all right there. The question, you, you almost get it answered as you're asking it if you have a couple of them. So definitely very easy to teach. All right, replayability. What do you think, sir? For me personally, only medium for a different gamer, though, somebody that hosts a lot or for a con, I think that bumps up because it's an excellent filler, as you say. It's a good intro game. It's a good crossover game. If you've got somebody who likes card games, this is primarily a card game. <laughs> <laughs> so for me personally, not something I'd want to own myself, but since you have it, and we're not sending it along anywhere. Uh, I would have no problem seeing this. Oh, you, you should, you should talk to me before you make statements. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but since you have it and we might get to keep it, uh, <laughs> if somebody wanted to bust this out, if it's light, it's easy. It's not a brain drain. So replayability potential for people other than me, it's up there for me personally. No. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll never turn down <laughs> playing it because it's enjoyable and yeah. it's easy. But owning it, nah. I somewhat agree with you. I, as far as the replayability aspect of it, it is a really good filler. Uh, it does have that really short time frame. And for it to go two to four players, again, it's one of those things where, like you said, if you host game nights, you're expecting other people. Or if you're trying to get in that big game, like, you know, <laughs> Arkham Horror or something <laughs> like that with a full table. Uh, and only four you people can play have this up. while other people are taking their turns. <laughs> you could, <laughs> uh, four or you five times maybe. Games, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, something like that, or like you said, uh, it's a good one for a con too, like an open gaming space or something like that. Again, uh, you know, whenever we do it at kind of the north, there's always individuals coming through. Yeah, I've got, you know, I've got a half hour, I've got an hour or whatever uh, until our next thing. What can you teach? Got me? that guy that's walking around, always trying to find that minimum time that you can't get again. Yeah, yeah. I got ten minutes. Yeah. All right, exactly. I got seven minutes. Okay. <laughs> so for for those things, it's definitely good. Again, if you have a if you enjoy filler games, you know our uh, my my friend Jason Kotarski runs the Twenty Minutes of Filler podcast. He definitely loves those filler games. Uh, you know, so that would be something up there, Ellie. Again, if you have a casual and in a, a family, you know, you got maybe you got some kids that are really starting to get into the whole space theme. This is a, a pretty good one for them as well. You kind of trick them into a little bit of math there. <laughs> Those are always my some of my favorites when when we were playing games with Ethan. It's like, yeah, so what does that add up to? What what happens if you take a couple of those away? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, math. So this this definitely fits in there. Um, you know, hardcore gamers and stuff like that, if that's all they're interested in, this is not going to be something for them, I don't think. I don't think there's enough meat there for, for that. No, it's definitely, you know, lean. <laughs> all right. So theme. What did you think of the theme? I like it. It's Conquest of the Stars. There are pictures of stars and there are <laughs> pictures of things that will conquest them. Um <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, it's light. I, I never felt that we were out there, you know, battling for the fate of the galaxy, Master of Orion kind of thing, but, um, there are spaceships and there are planets and, uh, it says you have a combat value, not a dollar bid. So it's a conquistador type of thing. It's, uh, <laughs> it's there. It's light, but it's, it's obvious in the pictures. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a light theme. 
but it it definitely works and i think what they've put into like the artwork and everything else fits in with that theme very well it's not like it's a light theme but it's not one of those games where at least mentally while you're thinking i mean you can you can say it about any game and it's one of those phrases we've always hated but there are certain games that it's absolutely true of it's not like while well, playing this we, i i kind of did the well this could be anything mm. you know <laughs> so i didn't get that feel off of this game well they they just threw this theme on here there's this could be anything it it did a good job for what it was saying like you said they weren't doing you know dollar amounts or anything like that it was combat values you know your upgrades were either to your combat value or, or supplying your crew, things like that. So it all worked together very well, but it's not a full immersion theme like you were saying. <laughs> Let me get my red jersey on. <laughs> all right. So fun factor slash overall. What do you think, sir? It's enjoyable. I mean, if I was going to give this a number, it's, uh, you know, six, five and a half, six. It's not a bad game by any measure. I enjoyed playing it and not just because, you know, I got to crush you. Um, it works well. It's got a nice little sci-fi theme, so that's always a plus for me. And I would not decline playing it if somebody busted it out. So it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's definitely a solid filler, something that I wouldn't mind bringing out for, for that purpose. Uh, waiting for other people or just to get something, you know, another game in at the end of the night, uh, when people got limited time, that kind of thing. It's not going to be the star of its own game night. (laughs) I don't see that happening where, but it will be. The conquested star. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree. It's a, it's a solid filler. Uh, I did enjoy playing it. It's not gonna, again, not gonna be the star of a game night. Um, but it is something that I can see easily getting played either start and, you know, between game kind of thing without much issue. Unless again, your group is 100% hardcore gamers. They don't want to bother with filler. Just. Just hurry up we and start. We will wait the, 15 yeah. minutes in silence while we set up <laughs> exactly the Arkham game of choice. <laughs> so that, you know, that would be potentially, you know, people that might not be interested in this. Otherwise, again, if you like filler games, if you like space games, if you're looking for something kind of casual to play with kids and family, stuff like that, this will work. All right. You know, and, and I did not, you know, uh, Chris is not here, so I, I didn't do the Conquest of the Stars for every... It's your own fault, Chris. You should have been here. Should have been here. <laughs> so you there that you go. kind of personal service. You have to be here to earn it. <laughs> That's right. So there you go. That was Conquest of the Stars by JTP Games, and it is available over on the Game Crafter. What we're watching. This is a sad day, I think. It's a sad day. Did a favorite show end? No. Sponsored by Nate J., one of our Patreon supporters. Thank you for sponsoring us, Nate, over on Patreon and bumping up your pledge so that now we have to name you. <laughs> uh, so, no, yeah, Nate, Nate is sponsoring us over on Patreon as well. So that is awesome. Thank you very much, sir. I refuse to acknowledge that. <laughs> that's, he has that's, no name. That's why I do, I do that piece. <laughs> you want to go? You want me to go? I'll do it. All right. Keeping in mind, everybody, just a reminder that we do at max five each, five uh, things in the oh, next no. three segments each. Oh, no. Oh, yes. You can't edit it. <laughs> um, watching. The Expanse continues. I'm enjoying it. Shinar continues. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> and CW takes up three-fifths of my week. 
with the Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow started last week. Uh, I'm enjoying all three, though Legends of Tomorrow seemed a little... Shara is dumb. It took her a while to realize <laughs> she... Have you seen it? No, uh, we're way behind. Then I won't say why she was dumb. She caused something, and it took her a while to realize that it was <laughs> her own fault. Uh, but I still hate Rory from Doctor Who. <laughs> Fairly certain the only reason he was cast is because they couldn't get John Barrowman, because they just have him dressed like Captain Jack. <laughs> but first, try to wrap. It was good. They have the whole team together. Rip picks them all up, and they go through their uh, time-traveling gallivants. It was enjoyable. Those are my five and only five. Yeah, I have four on my list, so I can say I am. I am. Ca- I think I'm caught up on the expanse. I believe I am. I was, uh, you know, the first episode I didn't like, mm-hmm. or was very lukewarm to it, and then it kind of started to get me in this last one or two. Almost, or, or st- it's starting to lose me again. I I just wasn't feeling it, and it's it, I don't know. So I don't know. It's 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 an ebb and flow thing for me. I didn't put it on my list, but since I have one one spare. I can talk about it. No, it was mine. Well, actually, I can talk about it because you brought it up. Piggyback. <laughs> Come up with your own five. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so watching The Shield. I can't remember where we are now. We're either late season four or early season five. I can't remember right now. Uh, so Aceveda has had his moment. Yeah. And then some, yeah. Yes. That became a term <laughs> at work while I still worked <laughs> in an office. Dude, you got Aceveda. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're really enjoying that. That's, that's the reason why we're kind of, we kind of forgot everything started back up because <laughs> we've been watching that so much. Uh, so actually just before you came over, we, we, we watched Brooklyn nine, nine. <laughs> so we decided to watch something quick while we ate. And of course we, you know, we still enjoy that show. So we find that one humorous. Uh, I watched, uh, Marin season three hit Netflix. So I watched all of that. That's pretty decent. I'm, I don't know. It's, it's a decent show, but it's, it's, Sometimes I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know. It had its moments for sure. Um, and then I was kind of excited because they, uh, Netflix had Black Mirror season three is what the label was. So I was like, sweet season three, but it's coming in 2000. No, well, you go into it and their season three is the Christmas special that's been out forever that I've been trying to find. Uh, right. So that's what they're calling season three. So it was one episode of the Christmas special. Well, that's going to be like Doctor Who this year. <laughs> They're only doing one up in 2016. Yeah. So, um, I did watch that and it was okay. It was kind of interesting because I've, I've, everybody's hyped it. Like it was one of the best Black Mirror episodes. It was like in the top five for a lot of people. And that was okay. It had John Hamm in it and, and uh, it was, it was fine. Hamm. Hamm. But that's all I got. <laughs> What we're reading slash listening to. Sponsored by Don Lloyd, one of our Patreon supporters. Thank you very much, Don. All right. I've got two things. Me too. Woo. Did you get in the rigor at all? Well, yeah, but I didn't count that as reading because oh. I thought we would discuss that. No, that's fine. I, I did count it as reading because it's pretty much one of the only things I, have I read. three things. <laughs> yeah. I read and finished Rise of the Kobani on the audiobook side. It was enjoyable. A little bit, uh, his, his take on gender roles is getting a little irritating. Um, <laughs> but other than that, it's still a pretty solid book. They introduce a character near the end of the book whose name translates to Blue. So I immediately had to say, you're my boy, Blue. <laughs> um, and, uh, I have finished the recent Marvel Secret Wars since issue nine came out this month. <laughs> 
And, uh, nine of eight. Yep. Yes. (laughs) It, uh, lived up to absolutely none of the hype and the rigor book. For, for Shadowrun. And the rigor book. Yeah. Um, all right. So the only thing I got is, uh, I started Transformers Last Stand of the Wreckers. So that's, I've barely started that. But again, that's, I'm supplying like the, one of the opening voices for that. So I went ahead and got the comicsology, like com- whatever trade paperback, I think. Mm-hmm. So I can see what else is coming. Plus, I don't know. I picture you more <laughs> as a Grimlock than anything else. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> you don't know how to take that and uh, i'll just I, leave it like that i really don't <laughs> so yeah i uh i picked that up to kind of also nice because you know i just get straight text i mean i get like here's what's supposedly happening around you and then the words but you know at least with the comic i can actually see like where they bolded words and all that kind of crap so all right other than that rigor 5.0 catalyst games was kind enough to send us the PDF of Rigor 5.0. They did this towards the end of last year. We're finally getting around to it. Um, so I don't know. I think if the pre-order isn't already out, it's, it's, it probably is, I would assume. Uh, but they wanted us to take a look at Rigor 5.0. And, of course, I said, hell yes, because the Rigor is my favorite thing to play. So uh, what did you think of what you were able to check out? Well, riggers are the worst class in the game, <laughs> and up. only dumb people. Oh my god! <laughs> Welcome to the last episode <laughs> of a co-host for all us geeks. Uh, I thought it was a really solid resource. They cover everything. I think this is possibly the most in-depth rigger resource because right? it does like bicycles through spacecraft <laughs> how to get a hard point on your bmx i think that's the only thing they don't cover but they do every type of vehicle and they do every type of hard point on a, that class of vehicle that you can do uh and they do uh they're following along your uh life path choices that they released in an earlier in an earlier book oh my god that was a hard that was a hard draw <laughs> book um, and they've had some of those so you can immediately flesh out the backstory of your rigor and give them different, uh, different history and, uh, which leads to a different skill set. So it's not just a generic rigor with your particular history. It, it's, and then, um, talking about kind of the different rigor archetypes. And I got a big kick out of the fact that one of their fluff characters that they referenced was Dale Earnhardt Jr., 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 Jr. <laughs> The great grandson or great great grandson of the Intimidator. Um, <laughs> the only thing I really didn't like about it was the artwork. I thought was a little. Um, it seemed just for the most part a little too much, like colored in sketches. Then uh, not all of it, but some of it. Some of the vehicles looked really ridiculous. The BMW, what was it? The I eight Interceptor, the the Beamer with the big mini gun out <laughs> over the where an engine should be. And, uh, the future Hummer, the, mm. that four door Hummer that's even bigger than, yeah. I mean, the, the, the images portrayed are good, mm-hmm. but, uh, the art itself wasn't, I wasn't that keen on. But as a, as a full on class supplement, uh, they give you everything and more. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed this book almost from get go. Like, again, we've talked about, it, I think in the past, but Catalyst has always done excellent fluff. So even the starting story of Fetch kind of getting demoted. 
<laughs> kind of thing. And, and then finding out Fetch is really sitting in the burbs ordering pizza <laughs> while he's on this job, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I enjoyed all of that stuff. Like, I, I agree with you. I mean, this, this opening this up was like a kid in a candy store. I mean, everything was there. It made me want to like break out my and revamp one of my riggers. Well, wouldn't you have to have a game for that? Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> uh, that's 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 what Mike has to do now that he doesn't have a podcast. He's got to run Shadowrun for us. And myself personally, like I really liked the drone section. I think the only thing that I'll say about the artwork, I didn't mind the artwork. In fact, I wanted more of it. And especially in the drone section, I think I wanted some more to see some more of the drones kind of fleshed out. At some point, like FFG just did with the uh, the Android World book, right. they need to do they, they need to, Catalyst needs to go one step beyond that. Not Android, FFG. Catalyst needs to go one step beyond that, and they need to do just an art book mm-hmm. of everything to do that they have to date of Shadowrun 5.0. Yeah. So I I loved getting a, a nice glimpse into the Rigor 5.0 world, and like you said, I mean they fleshed out so many things. There's so I mean if you want to. You could lose yourself if you want to play a rigger and plan out like where your money is going from every job you get off of this book. You know, they have new qualities. They have new, new negatives. Lots of great ways to spend karma. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, there's just a ton of great stuff in this. I love this book. This was, this was everything I was hoping it would be. I did not really walk away from it disappointed other than, like I said, I would have loved some more artwork just because I just wanted to see more of that stuff fleshed out, especially when I got to the drone section. Cause that was like my dwarf's favorite thing was having. You know, like the Doberman and all that stuff and naming them Fluffy and they were like his pets kind of thing. And mm-hmm. and so that was where I kind of focused my rigor was more less about the driving, more about the drones. So definitely highly recommend the Rigor 5.0 book, especially if you play a rigor. This is a book you'll want for sure. What we're playing, sponsored by Gray Gnome Games. Thank you very much, Gray Gnome. Jason, it's always uh, appreciated when you support us here at All Us Geeks. Thank you very much. Been getting in a lot of Temple of Elemental Evil, the Dungeons & Dragons big box game. Playing that two players with my wife. We just lost the second scenario. We haven't had a chance to go back and try it again. Oh, we've tried a couple times and schedules. Uh, <laughs> got in a game of Strike Force Assassinorum, the Warhammer 40k board game they use to relaunch their assassins minis uh, i enjoy it they put out a supplement in the white dwarf so that uh, your end game character that you're trying to assassinate is a demon now instead of just a chaos lord so it's good and then i've been doing a lot of painting as people might have noticed i've been working on my cybertronic forces from warzone resurrection and then the assassins and renegades from and the demon prince from uh, the aforementioned Strike Force Assassin Got a whole bunch of stuff finished, but as always, more to come. All right. Fallout 4 has been my main anything. Uh, like, I've been doing um, a lot of vet- video rendering and stuff lately. So while my laptop's <laughs> locked up, I've been trying to play a little bit of Fallout 4. Kind of glance off to the side. Oh, okay. Yes, the rendering's done. I can stop this now. So I've been doing that. And then uh, most recently, of course, would be uh, Snitch. I just recently released the the review for it, the initial impressions video. And I'm actually, uh, they asked me to do a how to play video for it. Uh, this happens to be a game that 
Jordan, Jordan and I got to try out as an early prototype at one of my game days because this is a local designer. And I got to say, I think they took some feedback uh, very well and they've done some very nice things that it still has that mafia werewolf style feel. It still has the player elimination, but they've mitigated some of that. And I think it works really nicely, especially if you like that style of game. So I've had a lot of fun with that. And like I said, I'll be doing the how to play video here very soon. That is pretty much what I've been playing so far. Uh, lots of rule books and all that good stuff. So more things to play, but there you go. That's it. That is episode 68 for us. So, all right. That'll be longer next week. Well, I'm Jeff King and I am the Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find the Gaming Careers Podcast, the resource for people looking to find their fit in the gaming industry. You will hear game industry professionals talk about how they succeed in today's competitive environment and how you can do the same. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com. Do what you like and like how you feel Cause y'all are the real deal ho